This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who our Patreon where every single Sunday of this never ending quarantine, you get a bonus episode of says who if you are a supporter at a measly $5 a month or up, you get four count them four Sundays worth of material every Sunday. We're smart, Maureen. We're smart people. I mean, anyway, very smart people. Patreon.com slash says who. Look, I'm not going to tell you about books this week. A new person I invented last night is going to talk to you. Oh, no. (laughs) What is that? Oh, no. His name. I don't know why. Oh, no. Last night, I decided I was going to communicate only as a person called Thicky Checks, who has his own dinosaur orchestra. I'm sorry. Did you say Thicky? Hey, everybody. Yeah, oh. my name my name's Thicky Checks, and this is my dinosaur orchestra. Hey, everybody, oh. we're gonna play some songs for you. Anyway, oh. Thicky Checks here. We're gonna play some songs. Or would you like Moonlight Sonata by Thicky Checks and his done? I did this all last night. <laughs> I look. I have rich inner life, and sometimes I put that rich inner life onto pages and sell it at a store. Um, and you can buy some of my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> a real good value proposition here. Hey, it's me, Nikki Checks. All right, everybody, one, two, three, let's dance. It's time to dance. Who's ready to dance? Uh, it was funnier last night. Uh, by that, I meant uh, that Oscar looked concerned and sad. Anyway, <laughs> would you like to buy my thoughts? Um, they're available for sale for some reason. And, uh, you know, books are great. They will take you out of this reality. They will take you into a safe location and they will not give you COVID. I mean, like, I now think that's a value proposition. Yeah. I mean, as long as like you're actually, if you're getting like a library book or something, give it a little wipe down. Do not put it in the microwave. Um, but uh, books and truly devious is still on Kindle Unlimited. And for some reason, I don't like to tell you to buy stuff from Amazon, but for some reason, the paperback is on sale for $4.58, which is such a weird amount of money. But if you're like, I'd like to buy a paperback for $4.58, your time is now for whatever reason. So, um, books. Hey, yeah, why don't you buy some books? It's me, Dickie Jacks. I don't know what's happening. I would like you to buy some other things at merch.sayswhopodcast.com where you can get my new favorite mug, one that says, do more, doom less, right across it. I got mine in the mail the other day, Maureen, and I am just, I'm excited every morning. It's like a little note to myself. Mine just came and I uh, am admiring it right now. This is a really nice mug. You can get one for yourself at merch.sayswhopodcast.com and it will come in the mail in a box for you. Hello, uh, welcome. Welcome to McDonald's. Can I take your order, please? Yeah, I'm going to need a, um, a party pack of fish nuggets 
That's not, a, we don't. An extra cheeseburger special? Uh, what is extra in that? Like one of those cake-sized cheeseburgers that you can cut into slices. A, it's not, no uh, one's ever done that. A uh, kind of fry cone? Um, a, and a kind of bucket? You, I need what? a bucket of uh, liquids. The last so, time you ordered this much food, you were buying food for a college football team. Are you doing that again? Because that hey, didn't seem like a great idea. Hey, kid. Uh, can you just pour a bunch of dipping sauces directly into the glove compartment in the front seat here? Just squirt them in there. Those are not waterproof. What, the sauces aren't? Well, I no, would assume... No, the glove compartment, it'll leak out. But how far care. are you... How far are you driving? Oh. Oh, kid. Uh, we're also going to need you to come with us because we're going um, straight to Disney World. We're doing it. We're doing a... A, a straight shot, about 12 hours. Um, so we want to get lots of food. Um, I'll have a banana pie. And this, what's really good for long term? Like, what holds up well? What's like the best? Uh, uh, all of our food is actually remarkably well preserved. But mm. I, why are you driving to Disney World? We, uh, it's open. It's it open, doesn't. So we're going to go. But that doesn't seem like reason enough if you ask me. Oh, I don't want to go. Uh, I'm being forced to go. I think I'm good here. Mm. You could drive through, please. Don't you want to serve your country? No. Okay. Uh, do you just want to, I can actually get a presidential order to compel you to get in the car and go to the happiest place on earth. It doesn't seem like that would be very happy if you if you really think about it. They told us that we could ride It's a Small World for three hours straight, and uh, they'll spray us with that kind of industrial spray each time we go by. So we're going to be very clean. I don't. I don't want to do this. Just get in the car, kid. I don't want to. I'm trying to I, help you. It's not helping. We have machine guns. Oh boy. Hey everybody, welcome to Says Who, the podcast that isn't podcast. It's COVID strategy. I'm Dan Sinker. And I'm Vicky Checks. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It seemed so funny last night. I don't know why though. Can we? I'd like to introduce a little segment called Mental Healthin'. We're just jumping right into that one. And no, how are you? We've already no. answered that question, haven't we? Dan, I definitely hit the wall this week, for sure. I feel like, like this is a real wall hitter of a week. I don't know what did it. I'm not sure what it was, but I, I, I something in my brain went, nope, nope. <laughs> Partially, and then, and then Thicky Checks showed up to protect Thicky. you from it. <laughs> hey, everybody! It's me, Thicky oh, Checks. No. It's my dinosaur orchestra. Um, maybe. Uh, I um, yeah, I got really also um, as I've gotten more stressed, it, whatever this thing I have, which is neurological, has popped up every day, 
And um, the first day it really popped up hard. It gives me uh, like the uncontrollable sensation that things are crawling on me or itching. And I was just itching so much that I had, I didn't realize that I'd scratched myself all over and I scratched, I'd scratched so hard. I sent my body basically into a histamine reaction (laughs) from just itching so much. And then I had to take a bunch of Benadryl and sit in a, in a cold tub of water for a while. Um, so every night I, I've been feeling kind of less and less well and not in a big way. It's just annoying. Um, mm. it's unpleasant, but like my body is, is kind of like, it's like the mind and body is just like, I'm done. Like this is, mm-mm, it's too hot. The heat gets me. The heat just really makes it bad. And I think the whole heat been inside four months, working on three books, Disney world is opening. Like everything is happening and numbers are going up and my body's like, and then all of a sudden, Hey, it's me. Vicky Chan. <laughs> Not good. It's not good. I will say I feel like I I am witness to a lot of people hitting that wall this week. And I think I I have also hit that wall this week. My wall is shaped very much in the shape of schools reopening, because as the parent of two kids, suddenly the the lie that I have told myself since the start of this, which is like, we're good in here and we never have to leave. Um, is starting to be, uh, you know, questioned a little bit. So that for me, and I think for a lot of parents and for a lot of folks that work in schools, of which we have many people listen that work in schools, um, this is a real stress moment of just Mm. like, fuck. Because I got news for you, Maureen. It doesn't really feel like the people at the very top of this whole thing give one flying fuck about students or teachers in this mess. I talked to one of my good friends yesterday who had just, when I called her, she had just, I didn't know this, but she just about two minutes before gotten off the zoom call with the school district. And I noticed something was, she had that kind of sound in her voice where she was, <laughs> hi, I just got off a Zoom call. And I was like, how's it going? And she's like, well, we just heard the plan for reopening schools. And I said, what is that plan? And she said, there isn't, there isn't one really. Oh, God. Um, so she has children who are uh, six, eight, not maybe, maybe like six, nine, and 14. And so lots of different schools and situations and setups. And it seemed that they were like, we're going to bring everybody back next month. Kind of soon. I think it was something like the 10th of August. Oh, sure. And so really soon, um, their plan is to have like 10 people in a room. So they'll have the kids 10 in a room. And then, but she's, but, they'll have teachers and various people cycling in and out. And she's like, and I just looked at Facebook and saw pictures of one of my kids' classmates and they're hanging out at giant mask free parties with Hmm. 15, 20, 25 people. And they're all just, she's like, I I don't know what I'm sending them into. Like it's, I, I don't know what I'm going to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you've identified the stress there for sure. Yeah. Do you think you'll keep your kids home? 
I think that if I think about it with my actual brain, uh, I don't know what the hell plan I would need to see that would make me be like, okay, cool. Yeah. Head back. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, that, that, that part I'm, I'm not so sure about. You know, before my mother retired fairly recently, but before that she was the head nurse and safety coordinator of the biggest technical high school in Pennsylvania. And she would have been the person responsible for working all of this out. Oh my God. And a, her job was already absolutely batshit insane. I mean, 12 hour, no stop days, just yeah, really serious injuries and people with, and uh, some people with very serious illnesses that required medical care all day long on a regular basis. But she also would have had to do all of the ordering of PPE, um, setting up, like helping to design every single classroom, every single workstation, every single. Uh, so am I happy she's not working? Oh, I am dancing up and down that she's not working. But when I asked her this question as the person who would do that kind of like she as the head nurse kind of person is like, how do you yeah. how do you think about this? I said, if this was me in high school, you know, what would you have done? And she said, oh, I wouldn't have sent you back. There's no. Way. Yeah. Anyways, that yeah. was kind of her. And yeah, it's I know that that's easy because she doesn't have to make that decision and I don't have to make right. that decision. But um, I just wanted to kind of know as her as like a health person who did that kind of work, like what what was her take on it? And she's like, there's just too many contact points. Yeah. Makes me mad, Maureen. It makes me mad. But Maureen, mm. we have some newsy stuff to talk about. News. I know. I First know. First time hearing of it. It's true. This week, for the first time since the start of the pandemic, the President of the United States wore a mask to have his photo taken. That's right. Celebrate. Somehow, this was a big deal. Hmm. It reminded me of our reactions when our now five-year-old uh, stopped pissing the bed. <laughs> like, oh, you did such a great job. So proud of you. Yeah, and immediately the kind of right-wing pundits jumped on it and like, crushing it, sir. Crushing it. It was very sad to watch. It was. But, you know, he had a hard week, so maybe it was everyone just trying to cheer him up. He had the Supreme Court rule against him mm. in um, in a couple of different suits around access to his financial documents, which I wrote at length about back during the impeachment.fyi days. Remember those? I'm sorry. It goes impeachment.fyi. Like that? Um. Yes, where there were two suits that went up to the Supreme Court. One was from the Manhattan District Attorney, and then one was from the House of Representatives. And the decisions came down on both of them, both of them against the Trump administration's um, argument, which was that a president should have absolute immunity from be from from subpoena or really from any prosecution whatsoever. Um so that was not a great day for him. It does not mean that we are suddenly seeing the financial documents. Um, the House 
even though they found in the house's favor, they basically were like, y'all need to slow your roll. Like, yes, but we don't think these actually are things you need to get access to right away or anything. The, um, the Manhattan DA, they basically were like, yeah, you can totally subpoena for these. And hey, Trump's people, you can still fight those subpoenas. You just can't say the president's absolutely immune. So it's not like we're going to see any of these documents anytime soon. But it was still a pretty big deal, especially for future presidents. Like if mm. if the Supreme Court had decided that presidents have absolute immunity, then the oversight role of the legislative branch of government is done. Right. So that is important. And also important, both Gorsuch and Kavanaugh broke against the president on this one. The it is interesting. Were, yeah, the decisions were seven two. And when I first saw that, I was like, well, I know who the two are. And then I was like, but what? Wait, what was it? I don't know. Can you do that know. again? Come on. No, I, can. I can't. That was it. One time only. People that are listening, you can roll it back all you want, but nope, that's all you get. That's all you get, Maureen, because we got to keep moving forward. We have a guest to talk to. We got to fit it all in. Got a lot to do. Um, so the 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 Manhattan DA case is the Stormy Daniels campaign finance payoff investigation. And uh, that came up again this week because Michael Cohen, who oh. was in jail for that uh, investigation for campaign finance violations um, had been released from jail and put under house arrest because uh, the pr the federal prison that he was in had COVID. Uh, so he was at home, except that he was seen doing some outdoor dining around the corner from his house. Last I week. mean, I mean, I mean, really Dan. If I only mean, he had been really. wearing a fucking mask, no one would have known. But instead, he was just like droopy dogging it over there. <laughs> one person who won't be going to prison is Roger oh. Stone. One of Trump's OG goons who was found guilty and was supposed to be heading to prison, I believe, this week for lying to Congress about, among other things, his relationships with WikiLeaks and the Russian-hacked emails that WikiLeaks released back in 2016. Uh, but he's not heading to prison because on Friday night, Trump commuted his sentence. Mm. He is a free man. He was on Sean Hannity last night. Uh, but the curious thing is that he was not pardoned. He had his sentence commuted because a pardon is like a full exonerate, like it's a wiping of, of the slate. Whereas a commuting, he just basically said, you don't have to spend any jail time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the real fun thing is if you rabbit hole on why that would have happened, why not pardon instead of commuting? And it is because uh, at least one theory is that because if he was pardoned, then he wouldn't be able to invoke the Fifth Amendment against self-incrimination. But by commuting, he can. So he can't be compelled to testify against Trump in the future. Oof. <laughs> I mean, I should... <sighs> well, I'm and... going to cheer you up. Maureen, I'm going to mm. cheer you up. All right. None of this, none of this downer news anymore. Because Disney World reopened. God damn it, Dan, you tricked me. 
You mut. Damn it, Dan. Disney reopened, Maureen. You're the happiest man. place on earth. You're a mean man. They made a really fun welcome back video where every, all the masked cast members welcomed people back to an empty park. It seems fun. Man, that was some bleak shit. I mean, bleak. <laughs> the only thing bleaker than the video that they released, which, by the way, got so roasted that they pulled it by the end of the day. <laughs> the only thing bleaker to me was shots from inside the park, which is like just almost empty. Everyone's wearing all the people working there are wearing face shields on top of their face masks like it just does not seem very magical. Like I love that goddamn place and it does no part of it seems worth it. It absolutely looks like outtakes from the from the show Chernobyl. Just things <laughs> being just that the footage of two people getting on the it's a small world ride while the next boat down is genuinely being power hosed with disinfectant. Yeah. Have fun, everyone. Meanwhile, Hong Kong Disney reclosed just like a day or two after Disney World in Florida reopened. Uh, it had been open less than a month and shut down because Hong Kong got 52 cases. And so mm. they shut it all back down. Well, that's a lot. I mean, if we had that many here, then clearly yeah. we would. Well, Florida on the same day had 15,000 cases. That's more. Which is 10 times more than Hong Kong had for the entire time of COVID. That's more, isn't it? Yeah. So that doesn't seem great, which Maureen Johnson brings us to our guest today. Maureen, with this weekend's Disney World reopening happening right alongside Florida popping the highest daily <laughs> coronavirus case totals the U.S. has ever seen. It's, I can't stop nervously laughing. Yeah, higher than New York at its peak. We decided that we needed to bring in an expert to help us understand what could possibly go wrong when you combine theme parks with unsafe conditions. Someone that knows a lot about Jurassic Park. So... Maureen, joining us today is Stephen Ray Morris, a podcast producer of shows like My Favorite Murder and the host and creator of Watch Jurassic Right. Hello. Stephen Ray Morris. Or, I... as he's better known, Stephen! Stephen! Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Look, we, we spared no expense. Actually, we spared a lot of expense. Oh, God, we don't have any money, and we're opening it back up. This is not good. <laughs> Is not good. Uh, so to start out, as we ask everyone that joins us, how are you? How are you doing? Okay. Other than the sometimes deafening construction that might have interrupted us recording today, I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good. I mean, I feel very lucky that podcasting. It was actually funny because I think when the pandemic and people were staying home, obviously, it was interrupting a lot of people's schedules, and even podcast listening was down a certain percentage. And then after about a month, people were like, oh, 
well, I'm just going to listen to podcasts now all the time, whenever, <laughs> at any hour of any day. And so, yeah, I feel, I, I feel, I definitely don't feel like I have the free time to sort of learn new things, although I did just buy a yo-yo. So um, maybe I'll become a world competitive yo-yo person, you know, in the next couple months as we continue to stay inside, especially here in Los Angeles, where they, I mean, as of this recording, it was oh, things were open for like a few weeks and then they're like, oh, wait, that was a bad idea. And now we're going to close everything back up again. Yeah, you had malls and movie theaters open? I I can't imagine. I it's it's funny. I I feel like I went out a little bit more often during the beginning of the pandemic in the sense of like I just need to go to Target, you know, and, and follow all the the, you know, proceedings, but I truly have not like left the house in a normal way in such a long time. So I I just hear story I hear stories of people <laughs> at bars and and things like that. I just can't imagine a movie theaters were open, but yeah, I mean I, I, you know, what is it? I don't, I can't tell what's going on in the real world anymore. Yeah, I was shocked, but it's uh, pretty crazy. Well, it brings us to actually the, the topic at hand, which is the reopening of Disney World. It should have also been the reopening of Disneyland, which was originally slated to wow. open up, I think, in three days from now. <laughs> and uh, just before, the start of July, Disney announced that they would not be reopening Disneyland because Gavin Newsom had kind of pumped the brakes on yeah. requirements for theme parks. And at least for me, there was that moment of like, well, clearly they're also not going to open Disney World. <laughs> Florida's like, nope. But joke's on me. So... Well, it's funny actually because my first job I ever had growing up was Disneyland. So, no. So, I can't imagine being, I mean, at the time, really, truly, I mean, I can't like the idea that, you know, applying to a job when you had no job. But when I was 17, applying to Disneyland, what was my experience? Volunteering at a nature center, uh, but, but making beads with, with kids. But, I just, I felt like we were paid pretty well at the time. But still, I mean, you know, definitely like low on the totem pole so far that I definitely don't think our safety is being considered at all. Uh, you know, I can't imagine what people who are working at theme parks know, or at least Disney World must feel. What was your job? I worked at Pizza Port. So maybe we would have been treated a little bit better as far as like safety conditions and things like that because I was working at a restaurant. But yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, even, even in restaurants at Disneyland, they are like packed to the gills and it's like, everyone has like four screaming kids and, you know, I mean, I guess we wore gloves. So, you know, there's some, was some it table some, service or a counter. No, this was more buffet. So frankly, I probably would oh, have been God. a l little bit safer or not buffet, but like, um, what is it called when you like just come up and that you just grab a thing? But it's Believe not like in Disney parlance. It's quick service. Yes, yes. So yeah, so I would I would either make a a, a four ton salad and then you know assemble a tiny one for people or give them a slice of pizza or some nice spaghetti. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess I would be a little bit safer because I'd be behind all that glass. So. Yeah, maybe maybe I would have been all right, but I can't I can't imagine for anybody who's managing lines, anything like that. Cheer the cheer up person's probably at high risk. 
Yeah. Cheer up? The churro. Oh, churro. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, is there a cheer up person? It's like, cheer yeah. up, motherfucker. You're fine. <laughs> they You're have to for, for morale, you know? Yeah. You have uh, to be right now, the cheer up person is behind a mask and a face shield. Cheer up. Oh, Things are fine. Good. Everything's fine. I don't know if you, Stephen, you watched the video. Is is this one of the videos where it's like the edit of them? Like, because there was one where there no, was the so shining was the, music. Yeah, there's the official Disney Welcome Home video. Yes. Yeah, the Welcome Home video is is definitely that's where you know we see the tracings of Jurassic Park, which is yes. Welcome and just people throwing out their arms as they're wearing masks and face shields and. You see the fun kind of decontamination centers and the people spraying down the, uh, it's a small world boat (laughs) with kind of Chernobyl spray. (laughs) Just, they just, they should honestly just get a flamethrower and just kind of lightly char everything. (laughs) And I would, I would honestly feel safer if everything was like slightly charred a little bit. (laughs) Well, the, the parallels to Jurassic Park are super clear here, right? And I actually rewatched the original this weekend. I was planning on watching more, but we've had a number of internet issues this weekend. Um, and there is a moment in the movie where everything has gone entirely wrong. John Hammond, the creator, is... Uh, Trying to say that, you know, well, the next time we open, (laughs) there are all these mistakes, but the next time we won't make them. And this feels a lot like that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, and and it's interesting, too, because, I mean, there was, you know, there was a meme going around and and as a Jurassic Park expert, I have to address it. You know, they said, you know, Jurassic Park open five reopened five times and you know you think people are going to listen now and i understand the joke and i'm going to ruin the joke but technically <laughs> technically jurassic world was the only jurassic park that officially opened you know the the original jurassic park was you know they never officially opened but that's not the point because they would have anyway john hammond again like you said he would have opened it if he could but yeah. what's more interesting to me in some sense as well in going along these same lines literally Hammond has so much money. He's like, I'm going to pay these experts to fly out this weekend because I need to get the park approved so that it goes back on schedule. And he schedules them to come back in the middle of a hurricane. They get, they don't even get into the, they don't even see any dinosaurs on the tour before they have to cancel. It just feels like it's bad all around. (laughs) I've only ever seen the first one and I saw it fairly recently for the first time. I'm a like oh, I was going to say, oh, go ahead. Within the last year is when I saw the first Jurassic. What? Yeah. And would you have gone? I mean, you know, after oh, after everything. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm extremely risk averse. Um, I know. You see, because I grew up in the Philadelphia, New Jersey area where theme parks straight up did kill you. And um, we had a lot of fatalities at parks. A- action was, Park, right? Is that the name of there the was one? Action Park was one that was in Vernon. And I was going through this in my mind. I think I, I don't think I went to the Vernon one, but I, it turns out there was an outpost sort of out <laughs> in the Poconos. And I believe I went to the one in A the franchise. Yeah, they franchised it. <laughs> and then there was also Six Flags um, Great Adventure in New Jersey, 
where a week before we went uh, as a school trip, uh, the haunted house burned down. Oh, and no. Something between set seven and ten people died. Whoa. Um, I've not heard part, of this. Oh, yeah. It burned down and it, it, people died. And rides constantly broke down. Like I had... Our neighbors down the street, they were on a like a like a roller coaster that was upside down when it stalled, and they had to get like a cherry picker in, and people had to c- climb down oh, off of the. Yeah, I would wait till they just can can make the ride finish. The idea of having to be hanging upside down to unstrap your seat, like your belt, while you're hanging upside down. That it, that to me is the most terrifying thing I could imagine. Yeah, and they, I don't know. They braced them somehow and got them down, but. I I put some mattresses out. I grew up in a you know I was fully I was like oh yeah theme parks will kill your ass like they will <laughs> that you will die there you will die in multiple ways you wow. will go in the wave pool and be electrocuted you will drop off the Tarzan slide and have a heart attack you will have a heart attack on that drop the haunted house will burn down um. You will fly off the completely concrete alpine slide and die. Like, you know, that's just how that's just how things were in Philadelphia yeah. and New Jersey. So when people when they're like, I'm like, I'm not going, I'm not fucking going back. Theme parks are out to kill you. Yeah. I mean That's why th- you never saw Jurassic Park, because you lived it. Yeah, you lived it. Kind of. I mean, I'm like, yeah, I would why would anyone go? I mean, thankfully, no, but nothing happened when I worked at Disneyland. But they also, the year that I worked at Disneyland was um, when Space Mountain was closed down for a year. So, because they were like rebuilding it. So maybe I just got lucky. Well, they, you, you see, before this, I believe that in the Disney company's commitment to safety. Yeah. You, you believed like we all believed. Well, like yeah. that's, that's one of the things to me is, Universal Florida reopened like a month ago. Wow. And, you know, home to the Jurassic Park land, which feels very ironic. But, you know, (laughs) they opened like a month ago to not a lot of fanfare. Now, granted, Florida's COVID numbers were not quite as worrisome a month ago as they are now. But, you know, I feel like they've managed to sort of like walk through the raindrops of people being like, what the fuck are you doing? And like, what do you think it is about Disney in particular that's drawing so much ire? I mean, I I think that it's making a video about it. It's just like (laughs) universal because because I actually have a Universal Studios pass. I've been a been an annual pass holder for the last three years now or two years. And yeah, they I don't think Universal. I mean, I'm getting the updates and I haven't gotten any updates about when they're going to reopen and, and sort of um, last year, the Jurassic world, the Jurassic park ride at universal studios became the Jurassic world ride. And unlike, you know, when the guardians of the galaxy opened at um, California adventure, uh, you know, universal doesn't really make a meal like the, the Jurassic world ride, uh, like co- sort of cold, like um, not cold open. It's sort of it's sort of um soft opened, and so it was mm. one of those things where like if you are plugged into the theme park world, they're like, oh, they're secretly letting on people to to the Jurassic World ride like today if you go or whatever. So I'd like run over because I live pretty close, and you know they even they uh this is just a a brag to say that I got to go to the to, to the ride premiere 
thing um, <laughs> where like Chris Pratt and, and Bryce Dallas Howard just like rode the ride once. And then it's like, <laughs> yeah, hooray, we're open now, even though it had already been open. But um, I think it's the, the, the hubris of, and again, it's very much in the same vein of Jurassic Park of like, here's like this grand opening. We're coming back. We got it all figured out. I think you're right. I think if like Disney had just sort of slowly opened, you know, maybe if, you know, a hundred guests a day or something, we wouldn't be, you know, all the memes wouldn't be made and stuff like that. I think it's, you know, truly, truly this idea that it's like, we have this, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's like our country. It's just like, we, we don't need to worry, you know, we don't need to worry about this. It's fine. And it's like, yeah, but it's not fine. No, it's fine. (laughs) And then just slowly pushing your face away, you know. <laughs> it's um, I guess also is that ju- I, I don't know that people necessarily lead the universal lifestyle, but there are absolutely people that lead the Disney lifestyle. Yeah, they are a hundred percent in. It's part of their identity. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, you know, I, I mean, for a while, for a while, uh, before Disney plus my girlfriend and I would call her daughter, like a, she's like a minions kid, which like, it like makes her kind of a hipster amongst probably all the children on the playground when you're like into, <laughs> when you're into like illumination entertainment, you know, trolls and stuff, as opposed to, you know, all the kind of <laughs> Disney classics. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I think there's not the same amount of hardcore loyalty. I think, you know, the moment. Universal was closing. People were just like, "Cool, yeah." I mean, I guess I'll ride the Simpsons ride when it opens up again. But I normally don't even go when I go anyway. So, you know, there's not the same kind of. Yeah, you're right, Maureen. There's not. The, there's nobody who's like as dedicated. I would say I'm the most dedicated, and I went to you know I've gone to Universal Studios enough that you know, like once once my passes you know once it's safe to go back I'll go back. But I don't you know it's not a big deal. <laughs> Yeah, the slogan is like universal. Who gives a shit? But Disney, <laughs> Disney, I ha- I have actual people I know and associate with say on Facebook that they have head to toe, like their whole, they can dress their entire body and their entire house in Disney here. <laughs> they live the Disney lifestyle 24, 7, 365. I mean, I, I sort of used to be about that life. I mean, growing up, you know, in Anaheim and, And I, you know, used to, I mean, I think that's what's so interesting, especially out in LA is that a lot of friends that I have, you know, they grew up with kind of Disney being sort of a mystique, sort of a, you grow up on the East Coast, maybe you go once a year down to Florida. Uh, But so when you move to LA, you're like, wait, Disneyland is less than an hour away. I'm going to get a pass. I'm going to be about that life. Whereas for me, you know, I was like, I've been in this game, you know, like I was going to Disneyland every week when I was 16 after high school, you know, after class or whatever. So I understand like, I understand that like, yeah, because I used to go, we'd either go like after school, like even before I worked there, I had a pass and like we would go after school, we'd go, we'd also play a game of like, you'd go on a Saturday morning and you would stay as long as you could before the lines got too long. Um, you know, if you wanted to have lunch, you wouldn't pay for lunch in the park. You'd go out and everything. I mean, it, I feel like it's a lot harder to get in and out of the park now because I think they want you to stay and, you know, pay that extra $200 for lunch and everything like that. But yeah, I feel like it's a thing that feels so magical and mystical that if if it's accessible to you, you're kind of, you just want to like gorge on it all the time i think if it's especially new for you i think i i know a lot of people who moved to la and they got a disney pass and they're driving down anaheim every weekend 
I would do that. that I would do that. <laughs> I would 100% do that. Um, so now I'm very curious. You grew up, uh, you know, going to Disney War- Disneyland uh, after school. And then at some point, you became uh, one of the world-renowned experts in the Jurassic Park films. And what what brought you from one thing to the other? Yeah, I mean, well, I've always loved Jurassic Park. And I bet it's funny, I, I do realize that theme parks are kind of in my DNA. Uh, yeah, there's sorry. a constant here. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and also, I mean, I'm, I've been obsessed with, I mean, I, there's there's a lot of bad zoos out there. I'm not going to jump on my soapbox and why the San Diego Zoo is great, but like, and there shouldn't be zoos anyway, but that's the world we live in. Anyway, uh, so I don't know. There's just something, the the and I think, you know, ju- there's something magical about the the idea of like a theme park and kind of, again, stepping out of your reality for a bit and, I mean, I've always loved dinosaurs, and so the idea that... And and I think, to be fair to Jurassic Park and even Jurassic World, the way that the dinosaurs live, like looks pretty humane. I mean, we're not, we're not full free willy here. I mean, I think, you know, as far as like, I I think people try and say that like part, the Jurassic Park movies are partially like some satire or like they are partially satire, but I think that's very, I don't really feel like that's correct. I feel like if, if you wanted to make Jurassic Park a satire or like sort of more kind of critiquing the notion of theme parks and zoos, I think you would have like scenes where like a zookeeper is just like, you know, like the animal, like the raptors are just in a cage where they're just slipping around in their own shit and stuff. And like, they're sad looking like you don't, you don't like, you don't get the impression that if you're a dinosaur at Jurassic Park, that it's bad. Like I don't, it, everything feels like pretty good for them. So I feel like that's not a, like, I feel like as far as like critiquing the notion of Jurassic Park, I think the movies themselves don't really do it. I mean, they, they, you know, they're just critiquing the hubris of man, but they're not really like, I mean, you know, it's not, um, what was that Disney, that movie that was shot fully in Disney World, Something of Tomorrow, and it was like a dystopian sci-fi movie? Did you, did either of you oh, ever watch no. that? No. Yeah, there, there was a guy who spent like four years shooting like a dystopian sci-fi movie in Disney World. Wow. Oh, what? I like, can't remember. Uh, gorilla style. Yes, gorilla style. Fully gorilla style with actors and everything. And... My phone is in the other room. Um, but yeah, there, there, it's called. it was called like World of Tomorrow or something of tomorrow. But yeah, it was like, that was like a dystopian sci-fi movie sort of critiquing, you know, the sort of uh, escapism and things like that of, you know, of theme parks. But Jurassic World as a notion, like, I feel like that question that I asked you, Maureen, like, would you, you know, and Dan, same question for you. It's like, would you go to Jurassic Park? I feel like people who watch Jurassic Park are like, hell yeah, like I'll be eaten by a dog. It's like cat people. It's like, look, if I die, a cat's going to eat my face. That's fine. And I feel like I think I think that idea of touching on like Disney people, Maureen, it's like Disney people are like, I I will risk it all, you know, for the thing that Mm. I love. But like so to me, I I like Disney World a lot. (laughs) Uh, I am not it, it is not worth it to risk it all. To have a Dole Whip that I, you know, like, eek my face shield up to, yeah. like, smash it into, right? And then, like, eek it back down when I'm done. Like, yeah, I get the idea of, like, going and checking out a fucking dinosaur, yeah, right? Because that's amazing. But mm-hmm. this idea of this weird, like, hollow shell of a Disney where 
everyone is masked and like, like I think it was a New York Times reporter I just saw today that was like, it felt like being in a hospital. <laughs> yeah, you're like, not. Yeah, you're not like, getting the experience. Yeah. I don't get why that's fun. Like, what part of that is somebody being like, you know what? That sounds awesome, and I'll totally risk it all for that. Well, I wonder if it's like kind of concert people, where it's like, to me, I love. I you know, I used to be. I used to go to a lot more concerts and things like that. Last, <laughs> the only concerts I went to last year is I saw Carly Rae Jepsen twice, uh, but that was uh, and Lizzo, but. You know, it's that thing of like expensive tickets, long lines, crowds, everything. And every time I go to a concert, I enjoy it. But I also like, why am I putting up with all this like inconveniences? Right. And yeah, may- maybe Disney people are just like all these inconvenience. You know, all these inconveniences are worth it. But I think I think there's definitely a, a, a line, and I think that line truly is is like would you join a cult or not? And I think that, you know, like, would you go down to Guyana, you know, and, and live at Jonestown? Like, I th- feel like, I feel like that's the same kind of line. And I think the three of us aren't, we're not that, you know, dedicated is the word I would use. No, um, you know, we're, it's, it's like, it's that thing of like, is this thing worth, like, are you the kind of person that waited at 3am at Best Buy for like a PS2, like in high school for Black Friday? Like, were you de- dedicated? I think I think there's just that kind of degree of a type of person, and you know, if you weren't willing to do that, I, I, you probably also look at this and be like, why would anyone go to Disney World right now when I can't even enjoy it the way that I normally do? Do you feel like knowing a lot about the Jurassic Park movies prepared you for this new world that we now live in? Well, I think if anything. The when people, I think that's the thing with the the joke the of the Jurassic Park reopening. It, it's, I think you know as as much as I as I think Jurassic Park is kind of soft on satire about the notion of theme parks. I I think Jurassic Park isn't isn't soft on the notion you know that history repeats itself. That people are pretty stupid when it comes to things that they like. You know, you just want it. You just want the thing. I mean, look, I you know that again. Like I said before, it's like. I know bringing dinosaurs back would be a bad idea, but I just, I just want it, you know, (laughs) like, and there's no, there's no explanation for it really. But I mean, you know, it's obviously all conceptual, but um, yeah. And I think to, I I think also the threshold for what's like realistic as far as like when people talk about movies and, and in relation to real life, I feel like growing up with Jurassic Park is a movie where it kind of, if you're paying attention, this sort of ideas of like, what is realistic or not is kind of flipped on its head because people are like, Oh, you know, especially in these newer movies where there was, you know, a a plot point of like the idea that people would turn um, the dinosaurs into weapons or like militarize them and stuff. But it's like, yeah, but we've been militarizing animals for, I mean, technically for, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of years with like horses and things like that. But even more recently with dogs and in, um, you know, in Iraq and in Afghanistan and stuff, and dolphins were used to sniff out bombs. So it's like the notions of like of what's sci-fi or what's realistic is for for me as far as Jurassic Park goes, very like flipped on its head. Where like the most sci-fi part about Jurassic Park is that the dinosaurs are back, but everything else is 
pretty much real world, you know, realistic, everything, everything makes sense. So, I mean, there was, I read, I think it was the dollop I was listening to and there, there's a whole episode about how like they were training cats to be spies and it's just, or the Russians were training cats to be <laughs> yeah. spies or something. It's like, yeah, the idea that a dinosaur, uh, could be used to like sniff out enemies in, in, you know, in, in a war scenario is probably the most realistic thing about, you know, these new Jurassic world movies. I mean, sure. Maybe the Raptor's not going to wield the gun and be like, stick them up, you know, but like <laughs> everything, everything other than that is that's a movie I'd like to see. Yeah. yeah. I, would, I would, I'm back in, I'm back in. Like I'm going, even if I can see a dinosaur, just go stick them up. I'm like worth it. Whatever happens to me. Honestly, I would like, I yeah. Jurassic it. world three, they breed talking DNA into <laughs> it's Jurassic World with Westworld. So yes, up. exactly. Well, I mean, there was, um, you know, before these Jurassic World movies, there was a plan to bring Jurassic, like the Jurassic Park 4 that was going to happen, like after the disaster that was Jurassic Park 3, was going to involve half human, half um, half dinosaurs, and it was going to yes. be like an, it was going to be like a Ninja Turtle situation, yes. and like one of them was going to be like smoking a cigar, which is like <laughs> that's like it's it's very nineties of like when you have like a like a creature like a person in a costume like smoking a cigar, it's like you know you're in for a good time. That was it was a was it an after school cartoon? I definitely can picture the toys that spun out of it, but it was like a really ripped shark. With oh yeah, like, street sharks. There you go. That's what exactly what was in my head when you said a dinosaur oh smoking a cigar is just a really ripped Hold on. dino. I was taking with a like sip of water man arms. When you just said street sharks and I was not ready and I should know <laughs> not to drink water. You got Steven, you have two other areas that I feel like may inform this whole Disney thing. Um the first is say the Murderino community. Do you who are very much about staying you know don't get murdered uh do you think yeah. there's any overlap with don't go to disney and catch covid do you think that there's any greater cognizance of uh of threat level i i mean i feel like i i'm i feel like maybe the disney murderinos are probably the most uh extroverted of like all the murderinos because yeah i, I feel like the notion of staying in it, it's like not even a question you know and that's the thing i think about a lot and as far as like the reactions and, and people going back out into the world, I feel like on Twitter, maybe it seems like a bubble to me sometimes because it's like everyone I know, it's like, yeah, of course, like, you know, we're going to be closed for years and, you know, and like, we're not going back in, outside and we're being responsible and we're wearing masks. And then, you know, like people have said, they go outside and they see a bar packed with people. And it's like, clearly the majority just like don't care and I, but I feel like murderinos are everyone like I know in that community is very conscious and, and, you know, it's just one more reason not to leave the house. You don't need to convince them, you know? <laughs> right. That's what I was thinking. Like just another reason where you're like, you know, we're safer inside. Like I, just, yeah. it just feels like a good. And the second thing is you're a cat expert. You host the mm -hmm. Purcast. And I didn't mm -hmm. realize until we talked to Achille Hugh that Disney world is just full of cats. And that yeah. after a certain hour, it's just overrun with cats. Well, uh, yeah, I'm. I know for sure Disneyland. I actually, I I know that there's an Instagram. I think for maybe it's for both. I'm not sure. I I feel very. <clears throat> excuse me. I feel very sad that when I worked at Disneyland, I did not see the cats that often. I think maybe because I had early shifts, like or, or just like afternoon shifts, but mm -hmm. also like Disneyland for. 
at least I don't know how to describe it, Disney World, but Disneyland, it's very much like a castle where you have the outside of the park and then you have essentially what is a moat, but instead of like water, it's the it's called the in-between. And it's where all the cast members get ready, they get dressed, there's a restaurant, there's like the costume changes and everything. And then you have the inside of the park. And the idea is that like, you're not supposed to break the illusion between, you know, like the illusion is supposed to be sealed. And I think where I worked because I was in Tomorrowland, I was I was more of like in a Nostromo-esque like alien ship the whole time. Like literally underground tunnels at Disneyland, like the dripping pipes and everything. Like it just was very much I was just like, I'm Ripley and uh, but I work at Disneyland. I feel like the people who worked in like the Matterhorn and like t- um it's a small world in like that area of the park. They definitely in like the frontier, they got to see the cats more often, but it's very much a thing. Cause uh, ironically, it's like, they wanted to get rid of all the mice. Like the only mouse was, you know, Mickey, like all, right. all the other mice had to go, but um, yeah, I'm very sad that I never saw it when I was there, but it's very much a real thing. in you know, the, the feral cat colonies and stuff at Disneyland, at least at Disney, Disneyland, um, How, we're very much a thing. Uh, Disney world, apparently just, absolutely bazillions of cats and do you think the cats enjoyed it a lot like how do you think they were doing when the people weren't coming oh that's got to be i mean look you know look a a mouse is tasty but i'm sure like a stray corn dog on the floor (laughs) you know but they can hang out during the day they could like they could sun themselves everywhere you know they could they could how much, really <laughs> cut How loose. much cat shit do you think they cleaned out of the teacups after Ugh. all of this? It's it's like Chernobyl, you know? It's like the animals <laughs> are coming back with the people gone, you know? It's probably mm. a sight to behold, and then some influencer is going to, like, you know, take some hot pics when they sneak in amongst all the ruins. I used to work at a place that the New York Times did an article about, and the headline was, Is This the Worst Company in America? Oh, and it no. was a small <laughs> publishing firm. And um, here are just a couple snippets of things that would happen. They didn't pay the heat. And so everyone had to sit at their desks with hat and gloves and like, like, like it's like a Christmas carol and it would snow oh, no. inside because the windows were open or Jesus. one day they bought a cheap Ikea kitchen and didn't have it installed properly. And it fell on my friend and she was like <laughs> trying to like get a mug out and the whole kitchen fell on her. And we were like, Oh my we had God. To call but she was holding it up and then we all had to run over and help hold up the kitchen. Um, but they had a really sketchy fifth floor office that was, uh, was really gross and dank and had a lot of mice. And so instead of getting the problem taken care of, they uh, just bought, they just grabbed two cats and had Wait, two really? cats oh my God. live in this dank indoor office. And I was like, this is not good for these cats, but um, because there were so many mice and I would come into my job in the morning and there would be, like there'd be litter all over my seat Ugh. and like little weird footprints all over my desk. And um, Jeez. now that's a, that's not a good environment for cats. Well, even the, even that. the cats are overworked. The I cats mean, you talk definitely about overworked. There's too many mice. There's it's too many mice, but I feel like they're in Disney world. You know, there's lots of nice places to sun. There's lots of like mice and tasty bugs to eat. And Places to have your kittens and, you know, fun things to chase and play. I mean, I just think of them having a great time with nobody there. 
Yeah, I, my my only hope is that because I I know people that work for animal shelters, and so even during this, you know, they're they're you have to, you still have to have somebody go and take care of all the animals. You can't bring them all home with you, right. although some have tried. But um, so I imagine if there is somebody checking in on the cats, at least I think that's probably a good situation for them. On that note, Stephen Ray Morris, thank you for bringing thank you your so much areas of expertise to bear on this with us. Yeah, and if you don't so mind us uh, paraphrasing, stay sexy and don't go to Disney World. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Especially, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like if here's what they do: if Disneyland wants to make their money, they they go the Jurassic Park route. I mean, you in the movie. Gennaro, the lawyer, uh, slimy lawyer, he's like 10000 a day, 20000 a day, and people will pay it. And so what you do is you maybe get like four or five people, four or five rich people, and if Disneyland still wants to, or Disney World still wants to make their money, just have, it's almost like a private tour where you just have the whole theme park to yourself. But no employees, because we don't want to put them at risk. And you knock off a few billionaires. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> you, two birds, it, it, one stone. Well, it's a thing. Yeah, you you purposely put one person with COVID in there, and then it's like it's like a game of Clue, but with a disease. <laughs> it's the world's most expensive guillotine. Yeah. Yep. You're hunting the most dangerous, the most dangerous and magical game. <laughs> and if you don't, if you survive, Mickey Mouse hunts the last person and kills them. <laughs> Hunger Games in Disney World. Oh, now I'm getting interested. No, we're not in the prediction game. Yeah. yeah. But do you think they're going to close it down again? I, we were guessing whether or not it was going to open. And it yeah. has opened. Yeah. I, I don't know. I. There is no logical explanation for why it opened. <laughs> so. Right. I don't know how. I mean. I think that. Okay. Yes, <laughs> I will say yes. And here is how it's going to close again is what you're saying. Yeah. OK, we are in a very weird and slightly more prolonged interim period right now where our covid numbers are getting really just scary, scary high in many places across the country. Um, but the death rates have not started to spike up to match it and so it feels like we are in this little moment before the death rates really start getting there and it's clear from data in texas and in arizona and in florida as well like all the hospitals are starting to to hit capacity and uh california is kind of lagging in that but it's even heading there as well and you know we know we've seen this fucking movie before Right. So we know where it's going. And I do think if we end up with a mountain of deaths again, I can't see them keeping it open. That's my prediction. What's yours? Oh, it's, hey, everybody. It's me. Thicky Checks. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Thicky Checks came back. Yeah, me. Hi. How you doing? Uh, good. Yeah. Are you... Huh? I'm playing Disney World next week. Oh, Everybody, are you? It's me oh, and my dinosaur nice. orchestra. 
he's got a dinosaur orchestra, Dad. I don't, I don't quite understand that, but all right, I'll go for yeah. it. I'll go with it. I'm actively dissociating, um, <laughs> but in a healthy way. In a healthy way. Mm-hmm. He's got a dinosaur orchestra. Is he a dinosaur? No. Okay. No, but he is how recruited did he a dinosaur. Get the, how, though? Is he a time traveler or is there a Jurassic no. Park thing happening? Neither. Okay. It's it was just a the... co- coincidence. He didn't even set up to do it. who is made possible by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com. Thanks a lot for says who. Oh, we just really want to. We really want to thank all our patrons here at uh, Thank You Checks and uh, Dinosaur Orchestra. Thanks a lot for your support. It means a lot to us. Every Sunday, the Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/says/who is where you can get a special Quarantine Sunday edition of Says Who if you are a five dollar or up supporter on Patreon. Now we're going to play and, our famous sixteen-hour uh, uh, version of Turkey in the Straw. One, oh boy. Three. Our theme music is performed it's by provided by Thicky Checks and his Dinosaur Orchestra. Our logo is designed by Darth. It's not even funny. It's not. You can contact no. us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email at hey, that is H-E-Y at com, And you can join the community and discussion on Facebook at slash group slash Whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. And yet another shout out for just how supportive and wonderful that community is. I think I mentioned earlier in this episode that there are a lot of people that work in schools or attend schools that uh, listen to the show. And I know that because that has been a major topic of discussion over on the Facebook group all this week. And we are thinking about all of you as these plans unfold and you are faced with near impossible choices that you will, uh, you will have to make. Um, And the Facebook group is a good place to get um, a little bit of peer support in all of that. Again, at Facebook, Slash group slash says Whovians. In the meantime, you can spread the word, subscribe, and please leave stars and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. We are still getting a lot of reviews that describe the podcast as sticky, and I can't say I hate that. You can join us next Wednesday, July 22nd, for our next sticky episode. Maureen, from my basement in Chicago... I am Dan Sinker. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for joining us this week. It's been a real pleasure to have you. It's me. Thank you, Chicks. I will not do this again next week. With the whole thing, the whole podcast? That's going to be awkward. I just feel like if I got out for a little bit, then things might be different. Say your name. Just saying. It could be a big, you know, help to... uh, Your name. Mm. Wait, who are you? I was you. This has been Says Who. Dan, you can't do that. What? You can't just pretend to be me. It was you. It wasn't me. You're disassociating, remember? Oh, God damn it, damn. <laughs> <laughs>